Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5, the heart of the city here in Birmingham. My name is Kathleen Rochnagi, your host for the next hour. It's lovely being with you again this evening um, as we invite and I would say invite spring to come to us and hopefully it will stay with us, inshallah, and the weather will improve a little bit and we'll get some sunshine and see the flowers coming and the leaves coming on the trees, inshallah, uh, which I think we all deserve now and a nice spring after this harsh winter we've just had. Welcome also to our Luton listeners who are tuned in on Inspire FM 105.1. I hope you're having a good day down in Luton or in Birmingham or in the West Midlands or wherever you're tuned in to us, inshallah. Um, today we're having an, another parenting topic, maybe that parents haven't thought about before, haven't considered that it may affect them, but it's something that we do want to discuss in a concept in, re- in relation to all parenting and the importance of understanding that this may affect not somebody in your family directly, but it may affect you in relation to your um, your children, how they grow up and their friends. Or it, you may hear of it from somebody else that you have in your network and you wonder, what am I going to do? How can I help? The topic today may not be suitable for all listeners if they have young children in the car with them. So we would advise you um, when we're going to talk about this now, we're going to talk uh, in in relation to pornography and sexual addiction. It may not be suitable for for children if you have it in the car with you. So you may wish to turn over and maybe that's advisable to turn over to another channel. It's not often that I ask you to do this, but we um, want to you to be aware that it may not be suitable for young ears in the car if you, if they're on this journey home with you today or on this journey to something today um, at this time and you're tuned in. So uh, please be aware of that, listeners, um, that you may want to uh, listen to this yourself at your own time, either from our SoundCloud on Approachable Parenting or from Unity FM or uh, in the privacy of your own home and um, not have other children that may ask you difficult questions and that you're not prepared uh, if they're very young to be able to answer those questions. But we do feel it is a topic that everybody should have some awareness of because it is becoming more dominant in our societies. And we have with us an expert who is a relationship therapist and specialises in addiction, addictive behaviours. And her name is Abida Ahmed. Assalamu alaikum, Abida. Waalaikum salam rahmatullah. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, I'm really very well, Kathleen. Thank you so much. Jazakumullah khair for this opportunity. You're welcome. You're welcome indeed. We wanted you to um, talk about this in relation to our families, in relation to the parents that we work with, of course, that are we, we work with parents from pregnancy right up to teenagers. We know that what they tell us is that things like this do happen in families but because you are an expert in this area we want to get the right expert on and your knowledge on to talk about it exactly how much of um, 
pornography and sexual addiction is happening in our community? Is it happening in our community? Um, where we should go? What we should do? So we're we're getting the, all the information from you, Abdes. We're going to put you on the spot today to gather all that information. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah, and may Allah SWT give me the hikmah to answer uh, the, the questions in the in the best possible way, inshallah. So, um, I mean, if you think about the context, uh, <laughs> recently there was a study done by uh, Middlesex University in London mm-hmm. uh, where it was quite an extensive research, and the outcome was that about 50, 53% of all 11 to 16 year olds so that's 53 percent of all 11 to 16 year olds they have seen explicit material online and Mm. nearly all of whom about 94 percent said that they've seen it by the age of uh, 14. Mm. so if you think about that that's uh, that's a really high percentage Mm -hmm. and and most of these children now the reality is that there is no discrimination when it comes to this because the internet provider, the the stuff that we see on the internet is the same. There is no filter that there is. It doesn't discriminate. Between any gender, any race, it is a problem Absolutely. for all young people. And actually, uh, and you will know, I should say to our listeners, um, Sister Abata is one of our senior trainers in approachable parenting, mashallah, mashallah, and delivers a lot of parenting courses. And recently we've delivered some teenage work together, actually, where we were working with teenagers as well as working with the parents of teenagers. But what I was surprised over, and I suppose I wasn't really shocked but I, it it was still a surprise to to hear it in my face that when we did about the circle of influences oh, yeah. that yeah. actually the mobile phone was in there with the teenager that this is what they said the, they put they it did. in the circle inside with them absolutely and they said the social media the engagement with the social media role models the influence of the social media role models mm. Was uh, was closest, and the, which my you and I both were actually. I was quite surprised mm. myself. So yeah, that's the reality, then, isn't it? It is. So it is actually meeting the statistics that you found in our communities as well. Not, we're not saying that those young people were using um, sites that they shouldn't be using, but the just the evidence that the mobile phone is so important to them. And of course, they they may be just looking for something, as we all tend to do, Google something, and then you have a picture pop up in your face, and you think, "What's this? What's going on here?" Out of accident. And that may be their first introduction to to something like this. Uh, It is indeed. And if you think about how people get addicted to pornography, a lot of that is what we call opportunity-induced, which is exactly that kind of thing that something will pop up. And because sometimes parents are not really aware of the... The, the the processes, the the filters and stuff, they don't really monitor uh, children, what they're doing with the gadgets and stuff. And the mm-hmm. opportunity uh, induced in, um, ad- addiction is a, is a big problem, really. A big problem, really. With that in, in mind, let me uh, ask you a bit of how did you come into this area? Um, I know you're trained counsellor and therapist um, what was your journey can you t- tell the listeners a little bit about your journey a little bit about your background if you don't mind inshallah so um, basically um, as you said I'm I am a, a qualified counsellor and uh, my background is that uh, for about a good 15 years I've, I've worked with relate I'm still affiliated with relate as well 
Um, but I obviously through Relate, I noticed that we were seeing less Muslim clients that would come through that door. And at that point, I realized that I wanted to offer something specifically, which is um, uh, tailor-made in a sense for our Muslim uh, couples and Muslim individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the, aman- the concept of Amana counseling came. Mm-hmm. And as I was seeing more and more uh, um, Muslim brothers and sisters, I recognized that uh, I was seeing more and more clients who were presenting with this issue with with porn and sex addiction, and these were people who were very relatable. So, and this, their struggles were immense in terms of how much this was impacting their relationship, their intimacy, you know, their self-esteem, mm. their their daily lives. So then I recognized that, okay, this was coming to me and I was trying to deal with it with my general counseling background and my experience, but I didn't really have the specialism. So then I decided to take on um, the specialist qualification uh, through uh, through an uh, organization and uh, Alhamdulillah with Allah's mercy, I did manage to finish that qualification and then I, and which is the Institute of uh, Sex Addiction Training and Alhamdulillah I became their first Muslim counselor in the United Kim- Kingdom to have that qualification. Inshallah, well done. Inshallah, uh, because we do we do need more counselors like this, uh, and so well done for going and studying and taking that time. It's hard uh, doing all of that and getting the awards. Alhamdulillah, mm. Alhamdulillah, and the reality is that. Um, when we when we think about porn addiction, it's by default we 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 obviously think about um, zina and we think about things that are haram and it's 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 it starts off feeling quite repulsive because we we want to push it away and say that it has nothing to do with the Muslims and it doesn't happen to us. But the reality is that the medical model that we use, and when we obviously there is a um, huge amount of investigation in terms of uh, forms and stuff, where we have to establish uh, whether the person has is in addiction or not. And um, you'll be amazed that once you start working with these individuals, there is in most cases there's such. Um, um, breach of safeguarding for these children. So a lot of these uh, adults in their childhood, they've been through sexual abuse, they've been through all sorts of grooming behavior, which is really Mm. very sad. Mm. So it's really important for us to have an open mind Islamically as well. Obviously, the Prophet told us that we have to help our brother who's been oppressed. And in a way, this, this is oppression because uh, the addictive cycle is horrible. It, it can cause havoc, and quite, quite strangely, people can't really see this because if look, if you think about a uh, alcoholic, or if you think about addict, the addict who's um, you know chemically dependent on something, their presentation is so that everybody on the street could tell that you know that somebody's taken something, uh, and then people can help. But the the reality with this thing is that they so much shame and they so much stigma attached that people can go on for years, for mm-hmm. years and years and years, trapped in that vicious mm-hmm. cycle without uh, taking any help from anybody because nobody, the society doesn't give them that permission. So Alhamdulillah, I think people like yourselves are, are really, I really appreciate this opportunity because you, you, the message that hopefully we'll give today is that it's it's okay to reach out for help if you if you're struggling and nobody will judge you people will inshallah help you 
And we need more like you to be able to help like this. So listeners, if you've just joined us now into the show, we have um, we're talking to Sister Abada. We're talking about a topic that may not be suitable for and is, is not suitable for young children if they're in the car with you or if they're at home with you. Um, we'd advise you to turn off the radio or turn to another channel. Um, but still, if you can listen to this show at some time in your own privacy, because you need to be aware also of what's happening there. So not just to protect your own children, but to have that knowledge to be able to forward on to others in your network, your family, your friends. It may be an acquaintance that you've come across or somebody may come and ask you um, and you have this information, you know who can deal with this. So we have Sister Abida here today, who is a senior counsellor and therapist, mashallah, and specialises in sex, uh, sex addiction addictive behaviours and she has her own services called Amana Counselling which you can look up indeed if you want more information or if you want to email in the studio at studio at unityfm.net and they will be able to pass on a question or a comment to her also uh, if you feel that is a better way to contact her. Um, so, Sister Abaday, you were just saying there about this and about uh, the shocking instance of how high it is in youth in the UK. Fifty-three percent of young people have some sort of exposure, which, of course, we we don't have breakdown of of religion and ethnicities, but we know it covers all faiths, all backgrounds, and uh, from delivering our parenting program, we've come up uh, over the years. You and myself have been asked questions about this. So we have had parents coming to us worried about this, worried about their children, worried about um, what's happening, where do I go for help? So we do know it is happening there. It is something that we should be giving information about and helping people to access the right information, inshallah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the, the whole idea is that we, 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 start, we face it, we have to face our reality, mm-hmm. we recognise it, mm-hmm. and then we fight it, really. So mm-hmm. those, that, that, that's the strategy, really, that as a community, we, we have to face it. We can't really brush this under the carpet because this is, if you think about the global kind of thing, and this kind of, in a way, everything ties with everything else, this whole thing about, um, in the last couple of years, the uh, uh, Me Too hashtag or Enough is Enough or whatever came out of Hollywood and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, everything kind of links with everything. And we, you, you, we, we talk about this a lot in terms of how, how much the society has been sexualized. And we have to understand that it's, it's hitting us really hard and as a community, we can't really just close our eyes and, and just deal with it it's in, a, in a typical way that we would just hide our heads in sand. It's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has, has, I'm sure, grown over the years with the use of technology now as well, because everybody, as you mentioned, have a mobile phone. So previously, where people may be doing this in their privacy, their own homes, um, and nobody m- much knew about what was going on. Um, and young people in particular didn't have access to computers because often a few years ago when computers came out, they were so expensive that there was one in the house and it was in a place where everybody could use it. So everybody could see what what young people were doing when they were on the computer. But now it, it's not like that. It's, the phone is 
in everybody's handbag or pocket and people, uh, especially young people, often take it to bed with them as well. So parents don't remove it in the night time and they have access to to these uh, sites. That's absolutely. And exactly that is why it's, it's very dangerous because it just penetrates into bedrooms. And mm. uh, back in the days, um, these things, obviously, we know that uh, these issues, have, uh, they're not new. But mm-hmm. if you think about all these issues historically, they, they, and, and, and we know we all know have heard about the areas and places where you, people would need to go to access something that is not halal or in intimacy wise that's not you know allowed. Mm-hmm. But these days you don't need to go anywhere. You can just be in your bedroom, and that's why obviously we we have we need to learn how to deal with this both from prevention point of view and both from in terms of recovery and pulling people out of this. So we we need to ba- basically work on both uh, both ends with the young people in terms of safeguarding, starting from the basics so that we catch children early on. And obviously, on the other hand, in terms of uh, recovery. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we're talking about this in, in context with our Muslim community. Um, have you, uh, in your experience, you've come across some people. Is there... A pattern like this? Is this a normal pattern like on the mobile phone in the bedroom? Is this something that is a pattern or are, has things changed over the years? You know, sometimes maybe we're thinking of pornography as something like, um, you know, when I think of pornography, think of those dirty magazines on the top shelf because that's what mm. it was when I was growing up. Has it changed in in content as well? Um, is there what and I don't want you to go into detail about this, but is their content of the the pornography different than what it was twenty, thirty years ago? Definitely. I mean, if you if you think about that, that, that the the thing is that the whole industry and the, that's the whole thing with addiction. If you think about how um, now, the reality is that if it's an industry, it's an industry that needs people to go to indulge more and more more and more into the addictive behavior so mm-hmm. that the industry can benefit more from it mm-hmm. so obviously like anything when people take drugs they have to keep taking more and more more and more more and more for the dopamine to to satisfy them so the same is with with pornography that the material is is becoming more and more and more destructive in, in terms of um, the, the sexualization or the the types of things, so obviously, like uh, like you've mentioned earlier on, this is obviously probably not a suitable forum for me to go into mm-hmm. more detail. But the reality is that it is uh, dehumanizing women, it is dehumanizing men, and it's kind of taking, it's sucking the joy out of uh, relationships. It's impacting uh, marriages, and it's really there. There. There, there's so many other psychological aspects uh, to this because of the way the material has changed over the years. So yes, you're absolutely right. It's it's changed profoundly from the the, the you know the top shelf magazines to uh, to uh, stuff that's on the internet by just a click of the button. Mm. And that does. I know that is damaging for the person themselves. What about um, a relationship? What about if that takes place in in a relationship, in a couple relationship? What impact would that have on that relationship? In your well, from your experience, devastating effect. I mean, if you think about um, and and you know that if you think about 
um, ca- chemical um, addiction, which is um, which could be uh, drugs or alcohol. Then obviously, when we when we divide addiction, we we talk about uh, behavioral addiction, which is obviously porn, gambling, mm-hmm. or eating disorders. All of these things, and and it might be interesting just to kind of look at what is um, what is addiction. If you think about sexual addiction or porn addiction, it's an activity which is out of control, obviously, and it feels out of control. And mm-hmm. it's an inability to stop or uh, stay stopped in spite of people knowing that they're harmful consequences. Mm-hmm. And it's not the activity defines that it's an addiction, but it's the dependency on the activity. So, for instance, people will know that uh, their partners will... Um, you know, they they will lose respect or there they will be mm. problems in intimacy in the relationship. But because of the fact that it's uh, it's obviously an addictive behavior, people know of the consequences, but they can't really, they can't stop themselves. So there is absolute, absolute, absolute havoc that is caused on the relationship. The partners, I mean, uh, the partners, they struggle so much because uh, their reality is that they feel um, they feel so. Uh, they feel abused. They feel uh, they feel cheated. Uh, they feel really angry. They're in shock. They're in confusion. They're in de- denial. They become quite isolated because, um, and they they grief stricken basically. They go into depression and they suffer from anxiety. But the sad reality is that because of the shame, they can't reach out to other people. Now you know if if for instance a partner. Uh, is has uh, God forbid a physical disease or whatever, then the, the 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 wife or the husband can easily reach out to their own family and say, look, you know, I'm going through a tough time. My husband or my wife is not well. Mm-hmm. But with with porn and sex addiction, because of the shame, people don't even feel that they can take this to anybody. So they suffer in silence. So this, and then sometimes because of the fact that the way uh, porn works on our brain. We can't. Re- these people can't really manage any normalcy in their their, their bedroom. So there the huge issues around intimacy. Um, and obviously, you you and I know both know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has placed int- intimacy has a huge part to play in a normal, functional, healthy relationship. So when that isn't working, then it has a knock-on effect on a lot of other things in the relationship. Unfortunately. Mm which of course will have effect on uh, children in that relationship as well if if parents are one of the parent is suffering in that relationship the knock on effect on the children absolutely will be absolutely. huge yeah and i totally agree with with you we we uh, do tend to not look at these issues as a community and think it's not happening because it's not islamic we think okay it's not happening but we know from the reality from working on the ground from delivering courses day in day out talking to parents day in day out trying to solve problems that there's a lot of things happening that is not islamic and we somebody needs to be able to be brave enough to stand up and offer help because those people don't know where to go for help Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. Um, it's important that there is more people like you. Mashallah, you were the first person trained up um, like this in the UK. Inshallah, there will be more people because Inshallah. you will not be able to meet all the demand of people um, to to try and deal with this topic. And it is important that we 
we t- talk about it because you're doing both. You're now we are talking about it and we know that you're there and able to help. But also we need to be able to prevent it, which uh, we'll come uh, and talk about a bit more about that in the second half of the show and how we can prevent things like this and how we can help people and pre- prevent younger people also from going into to going into this spiral. And shall we don't want anybody um, to go down this road uh, indeed. And we this is why we want parents listening to this show and listening to it and deciding yourself how you're going to raise this topic or talk to your teenagers, talk to your spouses about this, talk to your friends about this in a very sensitive way, um, but try to to help others to, so that we know that we that um, that other people know that if they're suffering, there is help there and where to go for this help. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the reality is that, alhamdulillah, there, there are people in the Muslim community who are already doing stuff. They, they, they've started talking about it. And, and it, we're getting there, inshallah. It's a, it's a good start. It's a promising start. But we need so much more work. Mm-hmm. And inshallah, hopefully, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, we, we will get there. Inshallah. And actually, uh, we, we're coming up to a commercial break now, but we will come and talk about this a bit more after the commercial break. Because recently I was listening to another Unity FM show. We had an eminent sheikh talking about this and he he was addressing gender. So because we tend to think of just that this is just one gender that may go down this way. But uh, he was talking about females and how they become um uh, also have this sexual addiction. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, definitely. And you, you. I mean, I personally uh, was quite surprised when young female uh, Muslim students from university have started reaching out for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because they're they're struggling and then they're suffering in silence because they don't feel they can reach out because um, because of the judgment. Mm-hmm. And because of our uh, the way we and I, I don't blame the community. Obviously, it's a big thing. So mm-hmm. it initially, obviously, it's a shock. But then we have to we have to like anything. We know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us the hikmah and He's given us the tools and means to deal with things. Inshallah. Inshallah, we're going to come back after commercial break because here it is now coming. Inshallah. So listeners, do tune in to us after this commercial break where we'll talk more about this topic. Inshallah. Assalamualaikum. Inshallah.